Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. So, time to put the last week behind us and start looking ahead. Time to hear from the college football coaches this morning. From Blake Anderson, from Kyle Whittingham, from Kalani Sataki. We're going to start with the Utes. It's actually, honestly, I find it hard to listen to the Utes this week because we're hearing a lot of things that we heard last week. And you definitely want people to say the right things. I mean, you don't want people to say the wrong things, right? You want them to say the right things, but then they got to follow through and do them. And the talk about focusing and sharpening and that, and it didn't really happen. You know, the improvement wasn't there. So as far as, you know, practicing hard and really getting that mental picture of what it is you got to do and focusing on your job and the details and cutting down the mistakes. And yet they call a running play and there's a handoff and the guy's still getting hit in the backfield. You know, special teams are still giving up a touchdown. Now, there were some bright spots against San Diego State. The defense was good. They gave up 24 points in regulation, but seven came on a kick return. That's special. That's against special teams. So that takes you down to 17. And then you throw a pick that gets returned and it's first and goal. It's hard to pin that on the defense. Now you're down to 10. Um, Maybe they should have held to a field goal. Maybe 13. Either way, that's an outstanding number. So I think the defense is there. Now, special teams, it was a wash. They gave up a kick return, but they had one. You know, and obviously the offense has to get better, and it starts with the O-line. And switching quarterbacks, great. Um, but really, I think the difference is that one quarterback is better than the other in chaos. And what they need is less chaos. <laughs> but we'll see how the O-line performs against Washington State. Here's Kyle Winningham talking about his Utes as they get ready for the conference opener. Okay, uh, frustrating loss down in San Diego, well, not in San Diego, versus San Diego State down in uh, Carson uh, on Saturday. Uh, offensively, just couldn't get anything going until late in the game. And fortunately, we were able to uh, find a spark late in the game and, and uh, mount a comeback. Obviously, fell, fell short in that comeback attempt, but uh, saw some really good things out of Cam Rising when he came in, provided a spark, uh, not immediately, but uh, after a couple of series, he settled in and, and uh, did some really good things, put up some good numbers uh, for the, the uh, quarter, a little over a quarter of play that he was in there for. Um, defensively, played well enough to win. I mean, you, you give up less than 250 yards and 12 first downs, uh, you should win the football game. And uh, But we didn't, obviously. And so we've got uh, to continue uh, working, trying to find an identity on offense. And that really is our primary issue right now. Um, lost Viana Mawala for the season. That's going to be a season-ending injury, uh, which is a, a blow to our defensive front. He was the leader of that defensive tackle group. Uh, but uh, he's uh, not going to be able to play anymore this year. Um, special teams-wise, uh, some good, some bad. The punt return unit continues to be a big bright spot for us. Uh, Brett Covey brought, a, brought one back, and uh, we amassed 100-plus yards uh, in the punt return game, which is outstanding. Uh, as good as that was, the kickoff coverage was that bad. We, we let another one out the gate, and uh, that's unacceptable. <laughs> we got to... You know, needless to say, figure that out. And, and uh, it was the same exact type of return, a break return, where they start one way and break it back across the field. And and so we got to coach it better. We got to coach that better. And we're we're uh, 
you know, that's really special teams-wise our Achilles heel right now is that kickoff coverage unit. So that's the long and short of it. Uh, Washington State coming in this week, um, coming off a loss to SC. They were playing well up uh, early in the game. In fact, they had the ball in great field position up 14 nothing, with the opportunity to go up 21 nothing, And then uh, everything just started to turn and ended up uh, – you know, getting uh, beat handily, but they played uh, they played well for for a you know period of time, a quarter and a half, and and had them on the ropes. But but uh, SC you know surged back and took control of the game, and so that was that. But uh, got a home game. It's the uh, Pac-12 opener, and so it's uh, we're zero and zero in Pac-12 play. That's that's the mentality right now. Is we got a fresh start. The non-conference games went nothing like we expected or anticipated, and now we're on to uh, conference play. So questions? Are you, are you ready to announce the No, we won't do that. Uh, we uh, have a solid idea what we're going to do, but but we won't. Uh, make any official announcement and you just see him trot out there on Saturday at what is it, twelve thirty kick, I think it is. Uh, you talked about the offense needing an identity. Where where do you think that stems from? Where where do you go from there? Well, that's a good question. That's uh, that's uh, the most important question we have in our program right now, and and uh, we haven't really uh, been as physical running the football as we anticipated we were going to be. Um, we're not throwing the football as. Uh, for as much production as we need to. You know, we're not throwing it badly, but uh, we're not getting out of it what we need to to, to uh, you know, to win games. Um, our, uh, both sides of the line of scrimmage, you know, the one thing, not to answer you, it's not part of your question, but we played much better up front defensively in this last game than we certainly did the week before. But offensive line-wise, we still got improvements that we can make, and we're, we're better talent-wise and what we're portraying on game day. And that's, and that's got to translate. We have got to portray and, and play to the level of our capabilities. With that offensive line, you, you kind of made some adjustments when Cam came in as well. Yeah. How much of that is going to stay and how much of that was maybe just Cam or, or what, was, what was there? That's another work in progress. we got to get, we got to settle on the on the five and we think we have a, a, a good handle on that right now after pouring over the tape and and uh, the first three games of tape. You know, we've, we've studied everything meticulously and and uh, we'll have a depth chart tomorrow for you. We'll bring, we'll announce that, and uh, you'll see uh, what we're thinking there. I know that you guys were, were were trying to throw the ball late in, in that fourth quarter when you guys did mm-hmm. did make that comeback, and so you guys went a little bit more up up tempo, but it seemed to work. Are you guys think about maybe considering? Yeah, something that you got to think about for sure. And uh, it was uh, productive for us, as you mentioned. And uh, I don't think it's necessarily the answer to go fast an entire game, but you got to mix tempos up a little bit, and that's something that uh, we also have to take a hard look at. You think to run the ball, do you have to be consistent in your approach as far as how many times you're going to run it and running with the same people with the same personnel? I would say there's some merit to that or some validity to that, but uh, really you got to not make mental mistakes so your guys are getting hit in the backfield four yards deep in the backfield. And that's, that's a bigger issue right now than, than the continuity of it or, or trying to get uh, a consistency. We can't get any consistency because we're making mental errors and turning guys loose. And, and uh, that's really our main problem right now in the run game is, is mental errors. And then uh, pass protection, we're, we're not holding up as well as we need to in pass protection either, and that goes back to needing to play better uh, at the line of scrimmage. 
what's the mentality of the team right now after the non con thing go like you thought it would, but as you mentioned, you still have an opportunity to do everything you want to do in conference. Exactly. I, I don't think there's any signs of, uh, uh, you know, bad attitude, I guess you could say. Everybody's upbeat. Everyone's more angry and frustrated than they are uh, despondent. And so we just got to come out. And and the one thing I did notice the first two games is is uh, things didn't go great early, so we kind of got the deer in the headlight look in our eyes. We can't do that. You, know, you get a fight for the full 60, and if things don't go well early, oh, well, so what? Keep fighting. You know, keep playing and, and fight through the adversity. And, and nothing's easy at this level. Every, every week you line up, everything, you know, things are going to be hard it's hard to win a game and so you got to be ready to uh, stay focused and confident for the full 60 minutes I know there's no moral victories but the fact that you guys battled back to a triple overtime that took a you know replay review to cancel out that two-point conversion. Was that encouraging? It was. It was encouraging to see us get some uh, catch some uh, fire on offense and, and get some confidence and, and see those guys move the ball like they did and, and compete. And that was that was a very positive thing to, to have happen. Are you guys thinking about making any changes at, at a kicker or would you still believe in what I still believe in Jaden. He's, uh, you know, he's 60% for the year. Was he 3 of 5? I believe he is. and Or 4 of 6, whatever, 66%. But, but uh, you know, he just missed the, the – he came off his toe, the uh, the PAT that we pushed to the right, and then he just didn't hit the the, uh, the other one like he, came, he usually does. And so uh, we have Jordan Noyes uh, as the number two guy. He's he's a solid kicker. But right now uh, we're sticking with Jaden at, at least at this point in time. Well, he's a mentally tough kid. Uh, and kickers, you know, you got to forget, kind of like corners, forget the, you know, forget what happened and just move forward and and uh, rely on your fundamentals and your technique. And that's really what everyone needs to do. You know, when stuff gets tough and and uh, you start hitting adversity in a game, well, you got to fall back on your fundamentals, your training. You know, you're just like the Navy SEAL thing. You know, you talk about that's part of their. The, their training is when you know when the crap hits the fan. You go back to your training and understand what what got you there and and uh, fight through it. So same mentality. We are not sure right now. That's a great question. If I had an answer for you right now, we may have an answer uh, in the next couple of days. Right now, we don't have a definitive answer on what his status is going to be the rest of the season. Shoulder, upper body. Upper body, yeah. How important do you, is it to have a quarterback that's vocal and, and as a leader of the team? Obviously, you've got somebody like a Britton Covey who's clearly been around the program as the leader of the team, but how important is it specifically in that position to have somebody do that? Well, it is important, and, and uh, you can lead in different ways. Uh, but at that particular position, you'd like to have the guy be vocal and, and a guy that uh, is an alpha dog uh, type of mentality. And... Uh, yeah, because you know, leading by example is is great, but it doesn't seem to be <laughs> work as well at the quarterback spot as it does at other spots. Who are you guys looking to uh, turn to now that that Bionis out? Fortunately, we we've got a, a pretty deep group of defensive tackles. We knew going into the season we had we had good depth there, and and so between uh, Kafusi kid Devin Kafusi and and uh, Junior uh, Tafuna, he played really well. He played. Uh, really well on Saturday, and then you have the Putu Taos, Howard, Tennessee, and Fua, and then you have uh, David Fotu, who's uh, Lucky's younger brother, who uh, we're 
toying with the idea of redshirting him, but uh, we'll see if he gets pressed into action now. But we we have plenty of bodies. It's just that you know you, you lose your your number one tackle. That's even no matter what your depth is, that's never a good thing. But you gotta gotta respond. Next man up, and and away you go. I do. I do. And I wasn't aware that it was going to happen until they came and talked to me afterwards. And it appeared to be very productive and uh, got some things hashed out. And, uh, you know, I think it was a positive. We'll find out, you know, if it helps us uh, throughout the practice week and in the game. But but it certainly is a, a indicator that there's a lot of care and, and uh, investment by them to uh, to do that wasn't encouraged. They did it on their own. Do the players see that it's only been three weeks and only been one conference game in the South? But the South teams have been all over the <laughs> Yeah, it was a rough week for the South uh, for sure this week. I think I think USC was the only team that won. Because Arizona, Arizona State lost, Colorado, us, UCF. It was, it was one and five for the for the South. And so it's up for grabs. And uh, I think, you know, we haven't had our team meeting yet today, but we'll certainly uh, make that known that that the South is, uh, you know, is really no clear-cut favorite, at least at this point in time. Are, are you able to definitively say how much that 2020 season impacted this year? Obviously, five games held. But mm-hmm. compared to maybe some of these other teams that got more exposure last year, how, how, have, you, have you seen that? Well, we certainly would have liked two or three or four or five more games, but you know, there's, it, I don't know what you, you can't do anything about it. And we're, I guess we can say, well, we're grateful that we at least got five games because those games were desperately needed by, by our team. But uh, more would have been better, but we didn't get more. So what can you say? You, you've always talked about knowing, you kind of know who you've got three, four games into the season. Mm-hmm. With so many question marks. Do you know what you've got, and, and, and do you know what's there? I think defensively we do. I think we're, we uh, seem to be uh, starting to get our identity back, and you know, and, and really. You say getting it's only been three games, but but we're back certainly in much better position than we were after the last contest, as far as knowing who we are. But uh, offensively is the big question right now. That's that's what we got to get solved. And and uh, you know if we can build on what we did in the last you know seven minutes of the game and overtime, then that's that that will be a, a big positive for us. All right, the Utes need to win that game. Need to beat Washington State in the conference opener. Get to two and two on the year. Win the conference opener, and then you got a bye week to get ready for USC and what is obviously a big game because USC already has a loss. You give them a second loss, what's going to happen to them over the next seven games? So they lose one more, six and three, you'd hold the tiebreaker. That'd be a big deal. But first things first, they got to be Washington State. Yes, I know there's other teams to consider in the division ASU, UCLA. I'm not considering Colorado and Arizona. I've watched them, not considering them. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, Blake Anderson, his Aggies. Well, his Aggies already beat Washington State. Uh, and now they've beaten Air Force, too. Incredible game. And they got a big game coming up with Boise State. We'll get to Blake next. It's game week for the Aggies, and the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. The Aggies square off against Boise State for a big Mountain West Conference battle at Maverick Stadium. Hear all the play-by-play action on the Zone Sports Network, beginning with a pregame show Saturday morning at 9. From Monday morning to all the play-by-play action, nobody brings you better coverage of Aggie football than 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. 
DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're joined now by Aggie head coach Blake Anderson. He's on the Smart Rain guest line. Best of State Award winner Smart Rain is having an end-of-season sale on the Irrigation Smart Controller. Save 50% off each smart controller you buy. Offer available to all commercial property zone listeners. Visit SmartRain.net to schedule a demo today. Coach, good morning. Good morning. Coach, I can just imagine your team meetings. You know, you were 2-0, and and you were happy the guys fought back, but you're telling them, now let's, let's get off to fast start, get out in front, control the game, and they just toy with you and fall behind by double digits three times and rally every time. You've coached a long time, but there's no way you've been through something like these first three games. Am I right? No, no, you're right. We, I mean, we've come from behind before, but, but to stack three in a row, double digits, um, you know, comebacks have not been a part of that in my career. Love, love the fact that our guys are, you know, just resilient and continue to fight and, and don't panic. You know, I, I think if you if you watch just the faces and the attitudes on the sideline, it, it just man, it makes you feel good about what we're building because at some point you, you're um, when it continues to happen on a weekly basis, you would think they're going to crack, they're going to get frustrated. You know, guys are going to start. Uh, you know, kind of getting outside of what we what we ask, and they just haven't. I mean, they've been great. They've been phenomenal and continue to battle and kind of believe in what we're doing, and we're able to scrap and claw our way back into it. It is stressful as all can be, but <laughs> but, uh, but man, to be 3-0, and considering who we've played, and coming out of, you know, a season that they came out of last year, I could not be prouder of the group of guys that we're coaching. Yeah, you speak of that season last year, and as I'm watching that Air Force game, and thanks for the way you guys have been playing because it's been wildly entertaining, and I just want to be entertained, and you guys have done that, and I appreciate that. <laughs> but as I'm watching the game, and I, I can't ask you to speak on last year because obviously you weren't there, but we were here, and we've been watching Aggie football for a good long time, and, there, and the spirit and the competitive toughness and all that clearly was missing, and that's nothing I want you to address. Rather, I want you to address the spirit and competitive toughness this year because it seems to me you take a kid like bowling just catching some early passes over the middle and knowing he might get clobbered but just the toughness and the desire to compete speak on that yeah we, that's what we focused on since day one of getting here you know you you really don't know the talent of the of the league honestly don't know how our talent compares to other teams and, and people that are going to play so we just focused internally on trying to prepare the, you know, just the mentally and physically toughest team we could, prepare to play 60 minutes, which which clearly we've been able to show the ability to play fast for 60 minutes. And and just we, we focus on being one degree better every day. And we do that with three things in mind, selfless attitude, team first. We talk about toughness, both mental and physical of that. And then accountability, doing your job, doing your job the best you can. And We've kept it very, very simple. We have just poured into these guys on and off the field to build relationships. The guys that we brought in that were new, the guys that were here before, and just said, man, we can, you know, sky's the limit. We can be whoever we want to be. Uh, they've bought in. They've done a phenomenal job. And I think what you're seeing on the field is a group of guys that are excited about how we're doing things on a daily basis that want to prove that, that you know, that last year was not who they were, that it, there's a lot of factors involved and just are hungry to go out and, and play together every week. And that's guys that were here before and guys that came in and chose this place in, you know, in, in January or chose this place in the summer. 
they've gelled really well. It has become a very tight knit group of guys, and it all—I think it all plays to the culture that we've been creating since January, both in football and in the off season with Paul Jackson and the strength staff. And it's given us a chance to be competitive every week. I'm—I'm I'm really, I love the environment that we have every day, and it's—it's it's a great foundation to build on for the future. But we're seeing the benefits of that late in the game when it gets crazy. And when it gets tight, they're still able to play together and pull together and do what we ask. And, you know, we're finding a way to win games. And, and I'm, I'm glad you're in, in, uh, entertained because I'm stressed out. So sure, I just sit back and watch big plays left and right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, I mean, I do have – there is a level of confidence that we, we have guys that can and will make those plays. But, but knowing they can and seeing them do it, I mean, the, the strip fumble, the interception – coming out of the end zone, the big catch over the middle, whether it be DT or Brandon Bowling or, or Griff or, or the big run. I mean, you, you you see those things in practice and you know they're capable. But it always comes down to being able to be calm enough, prepared enough, and ready when that opportunity presents itself in a game when it's a one-score or two-score game late. And, and that's, the, that's where you really get excited is when those guys are able to do that when it matters most. And we've come up with those plays three weeks in a row against really good opponents to, to get wins that um, a lot of cases, you know, you get close, you just don't get it done. Blake Anderson, Utah State coach, joining us after the win over Air Force. I, you know, PK and I have been doing the show for almost 20 years now. And as you can imagine, we have had a lot of smoke blown our way in, you know, various sound bites, interviews, quotes. And to a certain degree, you get it because people have to say stuff. But you said something a couple weeks ago, and I wondered, is he blowing smoke or is there something really weird going on? And you were talking about how you knew you wanted Bonner to start, but you couldn't tell Peasley why he wasn't starting. And I'm like, well, is he just soft-selling it so the backup doesn't feel bad? But that Air Force game, I saw your dilemma on full display. You get pretty good quarterback play from two different guys, and Bonner takes a nasty hit, and Peasley just comes in and just starts throwing touchdown passes. No wonder you struggled with what to tell him. Yeah, well, the other thing that, that you know the public can't see is, is the work that Peasley gave the program from January to a fall camp. You know, really, Bonner with the injury with a broken foot missed the entire spring, the entire summer. Now, I've got five years of history with him, so I knew what to expect. But you cannot just discount the leadership and the work ethic that we got out of Peasley. So there's, you know, you've got to honor that. You've got to respect that. You've got to show the team that you appreciate it. So that, that puts you in a position where he's got to get every opportunity to be the starter. And then, as you saw, he can do some amazing things with his athletic ability out in space. And I don't really want to play two quarterbacks all the time. I've seen where that can be. We've been successful that way uh, at times, but but I think it's something to giving a guy a chance to get some rhythm. But keeping him involved and giving him a role played off big the other night because when Bonner did go down and he got to a point where he could not turn on the ball and throw it, Peasley was ready. He had every... I think he'd done everything all week to prepare as a starter, and we went out and did not miss a beat. And he made some huge plays down the stretch to help us win that game. You can, yeah, you're right. You can see we've got two quarterbacks with their own kind of unique skill set that make them good at, at, at certain things, and they're they're difficult to defend in, in different ways. And, and we we've had to use both of them to to win three games. Air Force offensively, obviously they run the triple option. They did that very well. Ran for whatever it was, four hundred some yards. I don't, I don't have the stats in front of me, but a bunch. Yeah, a bunch. And obviously. But 
I was surprised that Daniels is setting personal records in the first half, throwing the ball. And it's kind of a weird question, but how much of their ability to run the ball effectively contributed to that passing success that they had and how much concern do you have going forward? Well, I thought we got way, way focused on the triple and and really did some very uncharacteristic things in the throw game. Uh, We got better later in the game when we just kind of settled down and just said, hey, we're going to play a guy man-to-man and just cover the dude. You're so caught up in what's happening in the backfield. We absolutely lost our mind in the back end and, and turned guys completely loose. We got them off schedule about seven times in the first half and did not respond well in any second and 17, third and 11s, third and 10s, places that you want to get Air Force. But we were so, I think, caught up on on assignment, triple option assignment football that we did very, very, uh, you know, I don't know, undisciplined things in coverage areas and and let them off the hook every single time. We finally made some plays later in the game. We won the fourth quarter on both sides, offensively and defensively. But it it really just kind of came down to simplifying and getting down to just playing normal football and kind of getting the whole triple option thing out of your head to some degree. Uh, they did a phenomenal job, I thought, schematically at getting to the to the counters off of each thing. The, you know, you take one thing away, they go right back to something else and create another problem, and, and a lot of yards. But at the end of the day, we, we we found a way. You know, they found a way to make a stop when we had to late, create a turnover late when we had to to, to seal it. So now you get the Broncos, the if not the big dog in the Mountain West, certainly the road to the title has gone through. You got to beat them if you want to win it. They don't win it all the time, but they win a lot of them. And it's a 10 a.m. game. How much do you change things for this uh, early kickoff? How much do you have to change things going from Air Force's offense to Boise State? It seems like everything's new this week. Yeah, you know, it's clearly offenses will not look the same. You know, I think we're we have at least seen. You know, with North Dakota, you know, we, we saw a lot of the bells and whistles of motions and tight ends and different sets. With with Washington State, we saw spread ball, so I think you get a little bit of both of those with them. Um, 10 a.m., we practice in the morning all fall camp. You know, our, our guys really are, are used to getting up and rolling. I, I love the idea of getting up, eating breakfast, and then, and then teeing it up. You don't have a whole lot of time to think about it. You just get out there and go. So. The challenge will be all the bells and whistles that we'll see from their offense, and then they've got they've got a defense that's built you know built really really well. It'll be a huge challenge for for our offense. We've they will be the best defense that we've seen uh, hands down to this point uh, out of all, and we've and I feel like we've seen some good folks. So uh, the challenge is going to come in being able to execute against good people. When new coaches come in, they all have their philosophies and the way they speak, the way they act, and all that stuff, and. How important is it now? You've been saying stuff. You preach to the players. Everybody's got their own style. But now as you, as a new coach with these kids, now you have some success to back it up. So it's not empty words that you're preaching. How important is that? Because I've found in covering college football for many, many years, players don't believe in a coach. It's almost to the point where the talent's irrelevant. Yeah, you got to get them to buy in. And then it does help. That, that you see some success with what we're doing. You know, we we felt like going into the season that these kids had done everything we'd asked to do, and we've been preaching play hard for 60 minutes. Our conditioning is going to, you know, going to be 
uh, huge for us in the, in the fourth quarter. If you just continue to battle and chase the ball and play with great effort, man, good things are going to happen. But if you go out and you're sitting here 0-3 or 1-2 or and 2 with that philosophy, it's a lot harder to swallow. But what you're seeing for us is, man, they're starting to see the things that we've talked about and preached every day and challenged them with starting to see those things actually pay big dividends in the game. And, and that's when the light bulb goes off. And guys like, hey man, let's give a little bit more. This this is this has got a chance to be special. So, um, I mean, we're I think we're sitting in 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 a great spot to to be year one foundationally, just trying to build this thing for the future. And and we're having a lot of fun. Watch the guys start to figure this thing out. But they uh, they they've done the hard work I and mean, they they have they have sacrificed and bought in. Uh, but it, it does help that we've seen some early success because I think it kind of fuels the fire a little bit. Saturday, 10 a.m., we are looking forward to a coach. Big game early in the year. We're intrigued by it. We'll uh, talk to you again next week. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. There's Blake Anderson, Utah State football coach, against all odds, off to a 3-0 and start. Kyle Whittingham, off to the 1-2 start, but his protege Kalani Satagi is off to a 3-0 and start. And we will talk with the BYU head coach, Cougar football, with Kalani. You'll hear from him as he talks with the media next. It's game week for the Cougars. And the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. It ain't over till it's over. BYU welcomes South Florida to Lavelle Edwards Stadium this Saturday. Listen all week for your chance to win tickets to the game. And then catch the Cougar pregame show Saturday at 6. With the postgame show starting immediately following the game on the Zone Sports Network. From Monday morning to the post-game press conference, nobody brings you better coverage of Cougar football than 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time to hear from Kalani Sataki as he meets with the media, gets fired up about a few things. Uh, his team's now a heavy favorite, so he's going to start cracking on every mistake. You can coach kids hard when they're 3-0. and <laughs> Coach kids hard when they're a 23.5 point favorite going into the next game. Uh, no letdowns. Got to keep getting better, all that kind of stuff, which actually is true. I do think that just on the whole, teams need to be better in November than they were in September. So you got to keep working at it. All right, DJ and PK, here is Kalani Sataki with the media. Yeah, uh, just really excited about the game. Um, excited to be at home again and uh, for a late-night kickoff. And really looking forward to this matchup. Um, uh, after looking at the game review, uh, talked about some of the injuries. Um, everybody should be back except for one, and that's Keenan Peely, who we lost for the season. He uh, tore his ACL, and so he'll be out. He'll be um, still rehabbing and getting ready for surgery uh, in a couple weeks. And then uh, we're still going to need him as a leader. He's a captain, so we're going to need him leading our team still. And, and uh, he has a purpose and a role for us. It just has changed. So with that, we're going to rely on uh, some of the some of the depth that linebackers step up and have a lot of confidence in Kevin Kloon as their coach and, and the young men in that room. And Keenan does as well. So I had a great conversation with him and looking forward to 
his role changing, but also um, having an impact and influence on our, in our program. Um, as far as the game goes, really happy about the game. Obviously, I think we mentioned it after the game that we could, we feel like we should still play better. And I feel like as a head coach, we've got to get our, our team um, in a better position to have more uh, efficiency and and playing at our best. So that's going to be the focus this week is, is executing well and um, everybody um, knowing their assignment um, doing things the right way uh, on the field and, and making plays. So uh, we're going to work on our fundamentals, our technique, and, and executing our assignments. Uh, we got a very athletic, um, passionate team that's coming to our home this weekend. And uh, we know we've seen South Florida on the field before, so uh, they're well-coached. Jeff Scott's a really good head coach, and he's got he has tons of experience. Uh, for those that don't know, he came from Clemson, so he has he's been there for a long time as a, as a co-OC and as an assistant, and has uh, really been a big part of that culture that they built there. They built there in Clemson, and I see him trying to do the same and similar things at, at South Florida, and so. Uh, we see the film, a lot of athleticism, a lot of speed. Um, and so we're focused, our mindsets on, on on getting that game and making sure that we're performing at our best this week. And uh, that's where we're at. You know, sad to lose Keenan, but uh, he wants us to move on and, and his role change. But the team's got to move on. And there's this high sense of urgency for myself. And even the team wants to, wants to get better this week and want, want they want to play better. Uh, it was nice in the locker room hearing the, pl the players talk about South Florida even after our game against Arizona State. So, uh, but health-wise, we should be should be full force with the with the exception of, of Keenan Peely. All right, questions, Norma and then Mitch. Hey, Coach, you guys are facing South Florida this week. Um, what do you remember from that 2019 game where you guys had the lead going into the fourth and then things kind of fell apart? If I remember correctly, I think there was like a pick and then Jaron ended up having to leave the game towards the end with a concussion. Yeah, different staff, a lot, a lot of the same players on, on our team and there. So um, there's the, there's definite um, memories of that game. And so uh, you recap some of it. So we, we know the game, we know the personnel, a little bit different scheme. Um, uh, from them, but uh, we we see the athleticism and speed and and uh, the talent on their team. So we we need to make sure that we're ready to do our best and and keep our focus on these guys. But there's there's a there's a, a huge drive to play better this weekend, especially against this team. Do you feel that Hall's kind of taking this game a little bit more personal and wanting to make sure to to change the outcome this time around? Yeah, I seen him doing that with every game that he's played. He he didn't get to play football last year, you know, so he's been injured. So I think that's been his mindset. It just happens to be South Florida this weekend, but he's had that same mindset, just like the rest of the guys on the team. I, I've been been happy with the leadership and the focus on our team. It, it, uh, we just keep it rolling, but but I do need to see improvement in a lot of different areas and and. Um, that's not just on the, the players. That's on myself and and the, the assistant coaches. We got we, we need we need to play better. We need to see a lot of improvement. I was really pleased with some of the improvement that we saw from week two to week three, but uh, we've got to make a, a bigger jump from week three to week four. 
Galani uh, noticed on the depth chart that Ben Bywater steps in at that Mike linebacker spot for Keenan. Um, no shortage of snaps for Ben. He started against Arizona, but uh, what do you maybe you like about him filling that role of, of Keenan in such a, a critical role for your defense? Well, it's just not going to be him. There's going to be a bunch of guys that, that we're going to need to play. Uh, when you're playing against high tempo, no huddle type of team like like what USF will do, um, we're going to need more than just the 11 starters on on defense. We're going to need a number of those guys, and we're going to have to dip into the, the depth because we want to play fresh and play um, you know where everybody's clicking at 100. percent um, Ben's one of the guys that, that's going to fill in that we feel really comfortable with, but we feel good about that whole entire group. We feel good about um, you know having uh, you know, Drew Jensen and, and Josh Wilson and Morgan Piper, um, you know Jackson Kofusi. That, that whole group we're going to have to step up and we might have to change a couple things from what Peyton Wilgard does and then looking at a little bit of things that, that, that Peyton and Max can do with their experience and maybe move guys around, but we'll figure it out in the next, in the next few days and give our guys a chance to compete and we'll, we'll play with the best 11. Your program, uh, since that USF loss in 2019, you guys are 19 and three. What, what changed after that loss? Cause there was just it seemed like there was a lot of uncertainty at the time. What, what's maybe just been some of the, the big pillars that have uh, helped change the, the, all the success since that loss two years ago in Tampa. I was just sticking to sticking to our, our identity and our belief in the system and, you know, staying the course. I think that that's the idea is, is to keep reemphasizing our strengths, uh, what, what our identity, our program is all about and keep focusing on the culture. Um, you know, that, that's something that we've been really focused on as a, as a, as a program is, is uh, be proud of what you do and, and, and who you do it for. And so that's, we just happen to play football and, and being have this high sense of gratitude and appreciation for what we get to do. So I've seen the young men and their approach and the coaches um, really buy into what we get to what to do. And it just happens that we were able to get some wins along the way. But um, that's basically it. I, you tell them, it's like it seems so long ago, you know, and right now our focus is uh, be a week to week and right now it's south florida and things that we can improve on but man there's been such a great foundation of some really cool things that have happened in the last last few years all right let's go jay and then jake yeah two questions uh kalani your offensive line was really good in the fourth quarter with 11 straight running plays to move the ball down the field have you been uh, generally pleased with with how that unit has performed? Yeah, I mean, the, the, you know, you'd love to just demolish everybody up front on, on the line of scrimmage, every play. But I think uh, you respect the game and your opponents, and you see that um, they have some great, really cool schemes and great um, ideas, and some great athletes on the other side as well. So I, as long as we're making, we're, we're not making mental mistakes and not uh, missing our assignments, I, I can deal with the rest because our our guys are going to give high effort and high energy. It's just. Uh, minimizing the, the mistakes, meaning the mental mistakes. And, and what I saw from, from our team is our guys, you know, didn't make a lot of mental mistakes, especially up front with the O-line. And then you, you have to give a lot of credit to, to Arizona State. They had, they had some really big, strong guys up front, you know, but you just keep sticking with the game plan and keep 
keep plugging away. And, and, and I was glad that we were able to get that win and with, with those guys carrying the load, you know, so, and, and with a combination of uh, Tyler Algier and, and, and Lopini Katoa and, and also with uh, Jaron Hall being, the, being able to run the ball. And uh, you've got 17 players on your team whose fathers played for BYU. Um, is that sort of legacy Cougars mentality uh, unique to BYU, or do you see that a lot in college football? And also just what does that say about the culture that you're trying to establish there? I mean, <clears throat> I, I've said it before. I'm trying to do what a lot of the coaches have already done here and talking about what Bronco and Croton and Lavelle have done and trying to build on that. And I got to play under Lavelle Edwards and I thought it was a really great culture for me to, to thrive and, and grow in so many ways other than just football. And so um, we're, we're trying to do that and trying to make it recognizable. But it, to say that we're the only ones that do that is, is, is it's not right. Everyone has their own idea on, on how to run the program. For us, it just it falls really in line with, for me, what I think I got to enjoy here when I played at BYU. So uh, I think a lot of people recognize it. And we just happen to have a bunch of guys that, that um, their dads played here and, and it, it matters to them. But I want, I want young men that, that, want to be here and, and want to be part of this program. Um, and, and, you know, part of recruiting is that you educate recruits on how we run a program, what it's all about. And, and it fits some people and it doesn't fit others. That's okay. We, we have a, a certain standard and a certain um, identity that we, that we claim and we got to be proud of it. And uh, that's not going to change for anybody, but there are a lot of young men, whether their dad's played here or not, that really believe in what we do and would fit perfectly with this program where we thrive in this culture. And those are the ones that we're trying to find. Kalani, outside of your guys' season opener there in Las Vegas, you guys are not going to leave the state until you go to Waco and Baylor next month. How big of an advantage is it for you guys to be close to home playing all these games? You know, we, we don't do the scheduling. So it just it, whatever it shows up at, that's what we do. So uh, we're going to focus week to week. I'm not even looking past what we have right in front of us, which is South Florida. That's that's our whole focus on. I, I don't. I mean, we have a schedule that everybody can see, and that's where the families and fans are planned. But for us, we're focused on everything. Is focused on this game this Saturday, and trying to perform at our best. How critical has Justin Smith been, considering you've had you've been without Jake Oldroyd for two games now? Yeah, he's been great, and and I give a lot of credit to to Ed and to Gavin, uh, working with with the specialists, and those guys stick together. I give a lot of credit to Rico and, and and Jake also being able to be leaders in that room with those guys, and that that room of specialists, man, they're special young men. Those guys work hard, they lift hard, they do all the work that that's required of them, and and then they do some extra. And, and I give a lot of credit to them being able to support each other and love each other and, and be really happy when uh someone does really well so uh it's 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 a product of the room and uh, we have a strong presence in the special teams in the specialist area and uh, those guys done amazing so it's nice to have him to lean on and it's just good to have depth everywhere and just happens that we had to use some of our depth with our kicking mitch go ahead 
Yeah, Kalani, I know you kind of address the, the personnel stuff beyond just uh, keen, keen on, on general sense, but uh, just wanted to follow up on, on Jaron. He said he just got the wind knocked out of him. Is that all for Jaron? Is no cause, no cause for concern? Is he going to be ready to go this week? Yep, everybody will be ready to go this week. So, yeah. and then no. people are people are sore. He had some big bodies. I think he said it in the post game that some big boys landed on him, and that's. But I mean, how come no one's talking about the old linemen and how sore they are? You know, so everybody's sore. It's okay. We go. We're gonna we're gonna go out and work hard and, and try to run the soreness out. But that's nobody's a hundred percent right now. We just need to be close to it by the time we get to game time on Saturday night. You guys are a hundred percent with your red zone offense so far this season. Uh, what's been some of the, the successful pieces to, or just some of the things that have caused so much success for you guys in the red zone on offense? Um, A-Rod's called some really good calls in, in the red zone. The players have executed well. Um, I don't know, just, just, I think if everybody just focuses on doing things the right way on the field, meaning assignment sound, we're going to be fine, you know, and we can live with, with the results and, um, you know, but we just can't, we can't, uh, kind of can't get off the path of our, our success that when we're having, doing good things, we don't need to change much other than do it better and do it cleaner. So everyone was talking about how we didn't turn the ball over you know, the first two games and you guys jinxed us. And now, you know, look what happened. But uh, we had to create turnovers on, on the other end to catch up with it and even had a, a running back create a turnover for us in the same place. So uh, the the goal is for us to, to not try to do anything brand new or anything crazy that's different than what we're already doing. Just do it better and um, and do it cleaner and, and keep focusing on, on what's more important, which is the present. How can we get better today so we can perform better tomorrow? And then by the time we get to Saturday, we'll hopefully we'll make a huge jump in improvement and that will show up on, on game day on that night. Jake, go ahead. Yeah, Kalani, just wanted to ask you about your confidence in your coordinators. It seems like you have implicit trust in both Lysa Tuiaki and Aaron Roderick. Can you just kind of explain why you believe in them so much and allow them to just kind of operate their own little fiefdom, if you will? Yeah, I have a lot of trust in those guys and and Ed Lamb as well. Those those men have helped helped me build this program, and so I have a lot of trust in, in what they do and how they call a game. I've been I've been involved in in the meetings. I've seen their game plan. I watch their practices. I I see um, what they're trying to accomplish, and um, I have a lot of trust in them. Man, that's 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 uh, I think um, that's what our culture is about. Is that we we. We trust the guys when they when they in, in their roles and empower them and then see how they can flourish. And then I'm just there along the way. If there's any anything to help out on, I'm, I'm there to help. But uh, I'm very fortunate to have wonderful coaches that work for me. And, you know, I think a lot of people forget about our support staff and forget about our graduate assistants and our analysts. All those people do do some wonderful things for us from anyone in this building, from our strength coaches to trainers, to everybody that's involved, equipment people. Everyone has their roles, and I'm very fortunate to have great 
leaders in, 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 in all those positions to help us function at a high level. And hopefully we can, and, and I'm over here complaining that we should play better. And so um, it, it's nice to work with people that, that want to keep getting better and want to perform at their best. And it, I think all the credit gets sometimes given to the guys on the field, but there's a lot of things that happen behind the scenes that if we didn't have them and we didn't have wonderful people that are working there, it wouldn't be as clean. One other question for me is obviously the transfer portal is in its third or fourth year. Now you guys adjusted to life with that. Now with name, image and likeness taking hold, it's been a few months now. Has that changed the team dynamic at all for you? No, I think, I think we've been, been on top of things and try to be, uh, you try to be as innovative and creative and proactive as possible. Uh, you guys have been around me long enough. I believed in the transfer portal and I was doing transfer portal stuff before that even happened. I released every player that left here and allowed them to play against us even in games because I believe in helping the young men. Uh, I think the NCAA followed what we, what we do. And I'm not the only coach that does that, but there's a lot of coaches that do that. that we're doing that, but um we, we thought that's the best way to do it. And we have been. And so in the name, image and likeness and other things that come along with any adjustments with NCAA, we're going to be on top of it. And we try to pro project and try to forecast as much as we can, we can to put our players in a good position to have success. And so, um, you know, that that's that's what we have to do as, as a as a program is be ahead of the times and and be with the times. There's Kulani Sataki with the media. Stay with us.